Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in pursuit of human flourishing. Hey, connect with me on Facebook. Find my page, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Also, you can find me on my website, philipfletcher.org, as well as on the IG. Just look up Dr. Philip Fletcher. Also on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher. And also on YouTube, find me, find the Humanity Matters logo with that red and white. Also, subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on all your podcast outlets. So subscribe, give me a review. I would appreciate it. Hey, won't you also sponsor? You can sponsor through anchor.fm. Also on PayPal, just send me $5, 10 Hey, send me 1000 Goes a long way. pfletcher73 at gmail.com. We are coming to you today from Zateo Coffee, downtown Conway on Oak Street. Hey, drink well, give well. So we appreciate them allowing us the opportunity to meet here and record this. So our quote of the day comes from Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr. And he said, a mind that is stretched to a new idea never returns to its original dimension. So we are here today for Humanity Matters one-on-one as we delve into a significant issue related to COVID-19. So our first week, we looked at All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter. Last week, we had a discussion, Republican, a Libertarian, and a Democrat all walk into a coffee shop. Sounds like a good joke. You can catch all those recordings at the Humanity Matters podcast and learn about civil discussion. And today, we're going to be talking about the national mandate for a mask versus individual choice. We have two brave gentlemen here today, Wayne and Paul, who are going to be sitting with us. So let me set the stage for y'all. So we've been all impacted in some way by this virus, COVID-19, at least since March of 2019. Closures started to happen. 2020, thank you. Yes. See, 2020 be jacking you up. It is, it is. Uh, United States has reported, according to the CDC, 8,834,292 total cases. Uh, deaths, sadly, 227,045. Every institution in America has also been touched by COVID-19, from our economy to education to politics and even everyday relationships. COVID-19 has, yes, even found a way to create division in thoughts and approaches. Our governments have taken approaches at the local level, state level, national level, have taken approaches which have resulted in positive and negative outcomes, negative consequences. From shutdowns to fines to hotlines set up to report people to masks, business closures, six feet of separation, various approaches have been taken. So in the midst of a presidential election this year, so go vote if you have not voted already, 
Tuesday is election day. So if you're not voting, go vote. Because this is an election year in COVID cases, the talk has been bantered about concerning a national mandate for masks. Of course, this is in contrast to free choice. So today we're going to have this discussion. We have Wayne and Paul who will be discussing individual choice and I will be taking the other position of the national mandate. Now, I'm just doing this objectively. I have my own position. I am just simply presenting the information. Uh, I have my own position, which I will not utter. If you follow me for any sort of time, you should already know my position. But for the sake of discussion and to model what it is to have a civil discussion, uh, I am taking the national mandate position. All right. So, Wayne, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my name is Wayne, and um, I'm from Conway, born and raised. Went to school here. Uh, I have a small tree service business here in Conway. Um, I protested in Conway. Um, I built relationships with uh, police officers and our protesters in Conway. Just, I'm anything Conway. I'm all for my city and wanting to to help bridge the gap between all the people here and just do anything I can to do my part to help to be part of the change that we can make happen. Okay. Paul, it's a little bit for yourself. So I'm a real estate investor here in Conway. Back 10 plus years ago, I had free service as well. Okay, yeah, nice. nice. So um, we kind of have some, some similar beginnings there. Um, uh, so currently I'm a landlord. That's what I do for a living. Okay. I'm a real estate investor. And, um, Good deal. So national mandate versus individual choice. So, Paul, we'll start with you first. Tell us about your position. Why uh, do you come offering support for individual choice as it relates to wearing a mask in this situation of COVID-19? So from a national standpoint, I think it's just straight up unconstitutional. Okay. Fifth Amendment issues, government doesn't have any authority. By the way, people that are in Arkansas or California or mm -hmm. Mississippi, you got to wear a mask when you go outside or when you go out and hang out with your neighbors. Or... The fact is, it's, 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 it's illegal for the federal government to do it. So the, to me, that's a, a non-starter. The federal government would be out of line to do it. It would be mm -hmm. illegal. And so that's not to, to discuss it from a different standpoint of whether or not it would be a good idea. Tell it from a pragmatic standpoint, mm -hmm. then... That's another discussion, mm -hmm. but then we can have that discussion. But it was from, from just a strictly legal constitutional standpoint, okay. we can't do it. Okay. Why? I agree. I agree the same. Like it's unconstitutional for them to to come out and say that we have to, you know, to force me to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and we can also look at it as like it, it's being dragged on too long. Okay. If we were at a point to where you came out and did it. And say, hey, we're gonna completely do it for two weeks and get rid of everything. That's one thing, mm -hmm. you know. If you're if you're trying to fix, but it's like that they're they're like putting a mandate on something, and it's it's not working, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
of be strong with saying like, you know, if an individual just gave you this check, okay, for example, you gave that to everyone at the same time, gave them a week. Mm-hmm. Go get everything you need. Just allow for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And literally close everything. Mm-hmm. Like literally. I think our economy would have did better. Mm-hmm. Would bounce back faster. I think there's some validity to that argument. If you shut it down just, long enough to kill it and then open back and up, hope it, it might take a month to do it, but rather rather than partially shut it down for a year and a half. For a year. You know what I'm saying? Is, if you just go two weeks, if you're going to do a stimulus check, give it to everybody at the same time. Give them a week and then say, on this day, we're closed, other than, and not do the, the essential workers. Yeah. No. A few police officers. You know, a few medical people because you're still going to need that. A few of them strictly just go in there and just completely shut it down. Everything, all mm-hmm. business, everything. Because you got you got people who have lost their lives, their businesses. I mean, I mean, like not literal lives, but slow, the slow, business, slow bleed. Snow bleed is like taking, like you've seen businesses close their doors just okay. because COVID and halfway open, half not making money. If you went into told a business person, okay, you can't work for two weeks, just two weeks, and then you're back to your life, I'm sure they would be like, a lot of people could I can that. manage, I can figure out two weeks, but they could also, they could also plan too, because yeah. what, what's happening right now is that the government says, you got to shut down for until further notice, yeah. or we're going to have you halfway shut down until further notice, like, you can't plan for that, mm-hmm. because the fact is that, you know, I might be able to handle being shut down for months. Mm-hmm. But if I know that I'm going to be shut down for three years, I'm probably going to close down mm-hmm. and start and do something else. Do something. And, then, and then on top of that, our government has hired extra workers to check in on these people on what they're doing, <laughs> harassing people. And if, if, and if I have one too many people in my building, mm-hmm. you're going to find me a thousand dollars. I'm mm-hmm. really making some money now. And mm-hmm. now you want to take more money from okay. me. You know, just because I got one or two more extra people in my building, you know, because I'm only supposed to be a half. So it's, you know, it's. Yeah, so from, from a pragmatic standpoint, I think that makes more sense than just kind of these half measures. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to do it, do it. Like, literally just do it. I mean, I think you could actually get the people to buy into that more mm-hmm. than this halfway in and out the boat type of thing. It's like you're just. Shadow on the fence, and you don't know where you're okay. going to go. It's what we've been for a year versus saying, "Hey, we're going to jump over here two weeks." That pretty much sums up. That pretty much sums up government. Very confident. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, how do you understand um, either you know interactions that you've had with other people, um, which you may have read in the news, social media to some extent? Um, how do you understand the alternative position of the necessity for a national mandate like you know if you've paid any attention to the presidential debates and discussions uh, one candidate is inferring the possibility of a, of a national mandate um, how do you understand the alternative position and what those individuals are those individuals medical associations uh, are advocating for in terms of a national mandate so I, th- I think one of the things that's pretty common for people to kind of say out loud is, well, it's better to be safe than sorry. Okay. If it saves one life, we'll mm-hmm. do it. The fact is that I'm not in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Most of us actually aren't in reality. The fact is that 
that how many of us would choose to drop the speed limits to 25 miles per hour if it would save one life? Fact is, if we drop the speed limits to 25 miles per hour nationwide, we'd probably save 30 or 40,000 lives a year. The fact, that, that's the facts. The fact mm. is, if you drop the speed limit to 25, almost no one dies in a car accident anymore. Mm. Probably almost entirely mm. eliminated some automobile accidents mm. and deaths. Mm. Um, fact is, we are okay with those death rate numbers mm. for automobile accidents. Because mm. we're, we're, we want to drive 70 or 75 mm. or 80 or 90 miles an hour. Mm. And so we're we're fine with those numbers. And so let's establish that as a premise. And now let's look, let's step back and say, what's reasonable? What's a what's a reasonable um, set of losses? What what are what is what is what is acceptable? Mm-hmm. And so now that's a hard question it because is, it is a hard question because yeah. it, 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 it takes um, it's a, there are judgment calls there. Yeah. And so the the reality is that um, how much is liberty worth? And how much is your life worth? And how much is your neighbor's life worth? And are these proposed ideas even effective at saving lives? Mm. Are we just coming back and saying, well, don't just stand there, do something? Well, sometimes that doing something hurts people. It actually makes things worse because mm. we've got people that they don't know the answers. They're just saying, this sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. And the reality is that you just killed 40,000 people because mm. of, of your good idea that really mm-hmm. wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. It's it's that's with a lot of things in life though, like everyday stuff we deal with is what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. How how much are you willing to take or deal with, mm-hmm. you know, um before you decide to cut your losses or to change. You know, you get you get even with businesses, you know, you get people that have a business plan and they're doing a certain thing and even though it's not working, mm-hmm. they continue. Mm-hmm. But they either have to get to a certain point to where, okay, I'm going to change because I'm losing too much money, mm-hmm. or, right. you know, we're going to have to close up shop. Well, I, I bet, you know, it, 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 you're a tree trimmer. Yeah. You climb trees, I guess. I do. Right. And so, as, as a tree climber, you make decisions mm-hmm. about risk mm-hmm. all day long with your trees. You decide, well, should I go the extra trouble to rope that limb off? Or should I cut yeah, it? Should I just cut it fall? And there's a risk that it might tear the gutter off that house. Yeah, and so you take the risk and say, you know what? It most likely won't, but if it does, I'll fix the gutter. Mm-hmm. And you take those risks and it's acceptable. And it's and, and because that's time. Do we want to do, right. do, do I want to spend an extra 10 minutes on this one cut? Right. Or do I want to be done in the next 30 seconds? Right. You know? Um, right. And, that, and that's that's the thing, is that we take risks and, and it's acceptable losses. Yeah. And, and so I you speak do. on that as far as you know, I got I'm in a big tree group and I'm one of the guys that don't wear a lot of gear mm-hmm. okay. and they're always like, dude, you should be wearing this. You should do this. You should have gloves and you should have this hard hat on. You should do this and that. And I was like, that's not me. Right. I, I didn't wear a hard hat in a tree. Yeah. I was yeah. working a dead tree. that's going to yeah. drop limbs in my head. That's the only way. Like if I do city stuff or, you know, a mm-hmm. house if that requires me to do it for a big life, then I will. But other than that, I don't like it's that's an acceptable risk for me. You should be able to make that choice. I should be able to make that choice. It's my life, you know. So right. I climb and you know, in the clothes. I don't like gloves. I like to actually feel what I'm touching, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I, I feel like I have more control, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what I'm doing when I can actually touch versus having a glove that it's it's a padded touch, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't know. Right. So that's a choice for me. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to live with that risk that you know, like the fact is, being a tree work is one of the most dangerous professions on the planet. Two. It's number two. <laughs> is it? Is okay. Is the snow crab? Is the worst? Is it? Yeah, no. I got in a wreck last year. <laughs> <laughs> I walked off the 
insurance part of it. Yeah. Like, uh, when they were paying me for the wreck, um, the lady looked it up and she was like, how dangerous is the job? And I said, I said, it's the number two. I said, it's the mm-hmm. depending on where you look, it's between mm-hmm. one and two. She was like, no way, you know, because we were, you know, adjusting my figures and what I made. And then she looked it up and she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, she was like, you're right. She said, some places I look, it's number two. Mm-hmm. Some places I look, it's number one. She wow. Said, you got a dangerous job. And I said, yeah, dude, there's, there's around a hundred something people that die a year mm. from tree accidents. Wow. So it's, you know, that's something. Yeah, it's, that's it's, something. It's a calculated risk that, you know, Hey, it's Dr. Philip Fletcher. We're here with Wayne and Paul, and we're discussing the national mass mandate possibility versus individual choice. And we will be back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Philip Fletcher. Welcome back to the Humanity Matters podcast, where we are finalizing our series, Humanity Matters One-on-One, as we are talking about the national mask mandate possibility versus individual choice. Today, we have Wayne and Paul, who are speaking on behalf of individual choice. 200,000 people. Now, don't our elected leaders have a responsibility to ensure that the people that they represent and serve are safe and secure. When tornadoes happen, when hurricanes happen, when some type of natural disaster happens, uh, our governments respond with FEMA, uh, with all types of emergency services. Uh, They issue executive orders um, in order to effectively respond to the disaster that has happened in the, the businesses and more importantly, the lives that is impacted. And so, you know, we look at what's happened with COVID-19, right? Isn't it logically follow that if uh, our government can issue executive orders in terms of natural disasters, doesn't COVID-19 fall in this same category? Yeah, but they're wanting to, to do an order on something that they don't live by. Okay. That's the problem with our government a lot is you got people making laws and regulations that we have to live by, mm-hmm. but they're above, that they're past. Mm-hmm. So is that right? Is that fair for you to put 
something on my life that you don't go by and mm-hmm. you don't live by. Um, I think that's a big problem in our system is you have you have people that are making a hundred thousand plus a year making choices and life regulations for a person that's only making forty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. But it's but 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 what but why it's we're we have old people dying we have people in nursing homes dying we have uh young kids who are getting sick like it, it seems as if you are like what you are going through is more important than somebody's health in their life okay but that person mm-hmm. in that home yeah okay I understand that they're old mm-hmm. and they're in their home, but that business should have a precaution mm-hmm. of what they do because, and then that should also be something that if my dad or mother or his dad or mother were in there, that they could go and talk to them and have regulations for if they deal with these people or people coming so in. People who are you can set why does yeah. everybody have to be affected okay. because of the choices by people. Like you get some people that wear masks and not, and I choose not to. Mm-hmm. Let me live my life. If I choose to go do something that gets me killed, mm-hmm. that's my choice. Mm-hmm. I should be able to make that choice. Okay. I shouldn't have to live because you're in fear of your life. I shouldn't have to be forced to live in fear for mine. Okay. I mean, we're, we're in the land of the free, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, to, to answer your question, so does the government have a responsibility to make us safe and keep us armed? No. In short, no, the government does not. They have don't? A really? Right, right. And so the government does not have a responsibility to keep us safe. Uh-huh. Um, your daddy does, and you're four years old. Mm-hmm. But the government and free society does not have a responsibility to keep us safe. The government and free society, their only role should be to uphold our rights from being violated. And so that's that's the, that's the role of government and free society to uphold human rights. Mm-hmm. And so it's not to keep Wayne here safe. Wayne might decide to to swallow an entire bottle of Tylenol. And it's not government's job to take that Tylenol <laughs> and make it to where he can't buy it without a doctor's prescription. The fact is, you, if he takes a whole bottle of Tylenol, it's probably kill him. Maybe. I don't know. It might just destroy his liver. But the fact is that I want Wayne to have that much liberty to, to be able to have access <laughs> to an entire bottle of Tylenol or mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want government to keep us safe. I want government to uphold my rights. And so let's say um, government um, got word that I, Paul Calvert, was going to hurt Wayne. And so Wayne, or let's say the, the way they found out was Wayne calls them and calls the police up and say, hey, Paul Calvert is threatened to me up with a baseball bat mm-hmm. and so the police come out and say paul you can't do that we're going to arrest you if you try or we're shoot you if you try that um so that that would be government protecting wayne's rights but if um, i called up the government and said you know what wayne probably found all he might hurt himself with it maybe i take a towel away from wayne and just i just be interested in or maybe um wayne has a car mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if wayne's qualified to drive that car so I want you to take that car away from him until he has proved that he's safe to drive with that car. Mm-hmm. That's not government's job. Government's job is to uphold my rights and Wayne's rights 
but not to infringe upon his rights or my rights just because someone's afraid. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and that's the problem with our government. We've mm -hmm. gotten to the point to where they want to control too much. Mm -hmm. Like they want to tell you, you know, hey, you can't whoop your kid. Like you got to put them in timeout or, you know, have a, just a talk with them. And if you spank them, hey, we're going to come take your kid. But well, we might beat up your kid when we come take them. Yeah, when we take them, <laughs> you know, you're going to do that. And you got all these, you know, stories that are about homes and this and that and other things that happen. Or whatever happened, but they're complaining. That, that's crazy. They complain about all the kids that are in the system and they need more help. And then just because I want to discipline my kid, you want to come take my kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I I actually had that incident once. My son had a little bruise on the side of his butt, and they came to my home for that. Sat well, down. And that's one thing is, is that we don't have principles established. That mm -hmm. What is the role of government? Yeah. What is yeah. the role of parents? And, and luckily that, you know, I kind of knew what they can do and not. That was, you know, I would have been fighting for my kids, you know. And after my kid, after they did their whole conversation, you know, she was like, man, I never had a kid break down or whooping to me like that. You know, and I was like, well, I'll go around just beating on him, you know. It's like, we talk about it. Like, we talk before he gets a whooping, he gets his whooping, and then we talk about it after again. And then he still gets love after, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, I, I ain't doing this because well, I got, I'm doing it because I'm teaching something, I'm instilling something, letting you know, like, but. That's a mess because we don't, in our society, we're losing some of the, the principles and the basis of family relationships and whatever else is that, that people are starting to treat children and parents almost like their neighbors rather than superiors and inferiors. Yes. Because the fact is that your child is not your neighbor. Yeah. Your yeah. child. We're friends. Is, uh, oh, we're friends. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah we're friends. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're friends. friends, if your friend gives you a spanking, you can call the police. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact is, if your mom gives you a spanking, the, poli the police should yeah. say, "Good." But I've heard. Or they should say, "Send my business. I'll call. Well, I've heard like his friends like, "Yeah, your kid mm -hmm. had CPS." What? Your kid did what? Like, yeah. I gave him a whooping, and yeah, now you're doing. I said, well, that is crazy. Like that is mm. absurd. Like I remember, like back when we were kids, like they go. I'll give you the phone. Like, call. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but see, but, but fellas, this is, but, so hear me out, fellas. So I got doctors, scientists, I got associations. Um, they're saying that if we really want to, like, get this under control and we really want to save lives, then we need to have a mask. In fact, it's like, don't you agree it's our civic duty? This to same, do this? These are the same doctors in the medical industry that kill about 200 to 400,000 people a year due to their medical, their um, preventable medical errors. These are the same people. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just saying right. so what they've been telling, what they've been telling me is, they've been telling me that like, this is our civic duty, like voting. Like um, when you see a neighbor um, who so, needs some help that I should call an ambulance. Um, like, don't y'all think that it's, we should be looking out for one another. And so the way to do this is by every, having the government say, everybody has to wear a mask until. So like I said earlier, if, yeah. if they're going to do that, then do it for real. Don't be on the fence and halfway about it. Do it. Make everyone do it. Close the country down for two weeks because that's how long it takes to know if someone has it, their symptoms are going to pop up, it's going to run its course, and it's going to happen. So shut the country down for two weeks, and let's get it over with. 
but this dragging it out and i mean this is supposed to be the one of the deadliest things in the world that we, we've had but if i go paint a house i can't use that little mask i got a full respirator i got everything you know you're suited and booted to go do some stuff like that but for the most deadliest thing I can wear a little video mask that has you've been wearing the last two weeks and all through here like everything can get through and and then you're doing that what about the kids at school let's think about that okay you got little kids that are say kindergarten what if you got your kid a batman mask but his favorite superman and he gets to school his friend has superman and they trade we are establishing your immunity. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you got you, you, you telling you doing school and you telling these kids they gotta wear a mask everywhere they go and doing that. How are you gonna control your kids like that? You're telling me the teachers gonna I understand their numbers are down right now with the amount of kids that have stayed home. I think they're somewhere around like 15, 15, 20 per class, which commonly is around thirty. Now they're down to about half because the kids have stayed home. But that's still, she's going to know every mask, what school it belongs to, know trading. What about going outside? What are they going to do? You know? Like, it's, 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 I think it's just one of those things that it's, do we want government to protect us and keep us safe? Do we want government to uphold our rights? I think that so many things that government's trying to make us safe rather than uphold our rights. And many okay. times when government tries to keep us safe, they violate our rights mm-hmm. in many respects. And it, and it hurts a lot of people sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't hurt a lot of people. But sometimes it really does hurt a lot of people in ways that we don't really think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we'll, we'll impose all kinds of regulations and such um, that supposedly make us safe, but maybe it restricts the supply. And we've, we've got a little bit of a taste of this back a couple months ago when some of the meatpacking plants got shut down because of COVID-19. Okay. Well, when a, a, a giant meat packer gets shut down and you've shut down, the government has shut down mm-hmm. a lot of the smaller meat packers, there's, no, there's nobody there to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. So they were literally killing the animals and tossing, no, throwing them away from what mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. because they didn't have enough meat packing capacity mm-hmm. to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And so government got in the way and decided, you know what, we, regulate this because we're going to make you safe and they ran a whole lot of small meat packers out of business from what I understand but, and, and for those of us who live out in the country we raise our own animals for food if you want to go find a, a, a meat packer they're getting few and far between you mm-hmm. might drive an hour or an hour and a half to find somebody to butcher your cow for you or to butcher a hog okay I, I remember when beef beef was up I know I, I, I like to buy the, the tubes and mm-hmm. it went from twenty dollars to eighty well, mm. it went to 80 bucks, and I was like, all chicken for me. It was like that for like a couple yeah. of weeks. Right? For a couple of weeks. Like, I don't know how much beef you guys eat, but. But the thing is, well, we should be allowed to choose. And so it's one thing to have a, have a, um, some meat packers that have super high standards, and others that say, you know, this is just, I'm just doing this in my backyard and go a cow and cut up in pieces and sell to my neighbors. That should be perfectly legal. And and that the thing is, so if that was legal, then then um, 
people could have done that during this problem and, and they could have taken up some of the slack. I literally had a friend of mine ask me if I was willing to butcher some cows for him to sell to people. Mm-hmm. He literally asked me if I was willing to do it. There's no I don't really want to go to jail over it. But, yeah, but there's no difference then <clears throat> if you don't hunt and I do and mm-hmm. you coming over and say, hey, can I buy a couple of those tag straps? You should be allowed to do that. I should be able to sell mm-hmm. that to you because you, you don't have a tag. Now, if you go hunt and get you some, some deer back straps, they're taking you to jail now because you're hunting illegal without tags. But I have them, and I should, I'm not going to use them. You should be able to sell it. Yeah, I should definitely be able to, you know, I paid for it. I bought my tags. I went out. I hunted. I killed it. Mm-hmm. I butchered it. I mean, because they don't. That's another thing. They're not regulating none of the guys that are butchering their, their own, own deers at home. Mm-hmm. They don't say anything like, on yeah, their hogs. Don't give me, don't give me ideas. ideas. Yeah. But they're, they're yeah. not illegal. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, For years, they do. Places. It's illegal. Yeah. It has been illegal to, to drink your own raw milk sometimes. I think, mm-hmm. I think it was in Virginia that they, their, their, their raw milk law was so extensive, you couldn't even milk your own cow and drink the milk. Really? They actually made an exception, from what I understand, so that women could breastfeed their babies. That's, that's how draconian that law was written. Is that they, they were afraid that well, people might actually interpret this that babies can't nurse. Mm-hmm. So they, they, apparently they wrote an exception in the law. That, from that, what I understand. That sounds like the 13th Amendment, though, you know, just like for like being able to um, work people as slaves still that we have today, right now, that's still written in our amendment. Ooh, Wayne, you're <laughs> headed to some, you're headed to some categories. So let's stay back on the basket. <laughs> Individual choice. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um time to turn it around now. Uh so what is one strength and one weakness of your position? Name a strength, name a weakness of your position. If I'm wrong, people might die as a weakness. Okay. Strength side, I think it's just liberty. It's just okay. the fact is that I think the general premise, at least of our country in general, is that we should be free. Okay. And we should be free to make our own decisions about things. And is it sometimes liberty is dangerous, and that's okay. But the fact is that sometimes liberty is dangerous, and we mm-hmm. might die, we might get sick, we might get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's a drawback of liberty. Mm-hmm. It's worth that. Okay. Why? That's the best one that you know you can say. You know, if I'm you know if I'm wrong, people die. Yeah. People get sick, you know, those things happen. Um, a good thing is I still get to work, mm-hmm. I still get to live, I still get to do the things that I need to want to without, you know, being regulated. Okay. I mean, we, we're supposed to be free. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be able to do what we want. I mean, that's what our whole constitution is supposed to be about, and a democracy. It's supposed to be about us being able to make our own choices. Gotcha. So, what is one strength about the other position? What's obviously a weakness. I mean, y'all have delved into the weaknesses of that position, but what is a what is a strength? What is something in the so, national mandate position that you could find some agreement about? So the the, the idea that life is so precious mm-hmm. that we should do anything it takes to save life. Mm. That's it's kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially coming from certain um, s- certain sectors okay. of the political realm. Is that, okay. Because 
there's, there's a reputation for a while. There's too many people on Earth. We need to thin the herd. We need to thin the, thin the mm. population down. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's a little bit refreshing for some of those people to say, well, we should do anything it takes to save lives. Mm. That's kind of refreshing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's good insight. And so still going to let me die if I can't pay for it but you're like they're only written in laws they only have to stabilize you go into the ER and you well, if you're bleeding to death they have to I think they're kind of required by law to stop the bleeding the fact is you can, if you're if you're on my front step in my house and you're bleeding to death I'm going to stop the bleeding if I can yeah well, I mean but that's what they that's only what they they're written that they have to do is stabilize you and once they stabilize you if you have something that's going on inside you that's going to kill you they don't have to fix well, it they don't have to treat you for cancer yes for instance Where, and, and, and that's probably reasonable and because i mean if you're not if you don't have the ability to pay for it who's going to pay for it but but their thing is where it's we're pro-life everything's saving right. lives right so the, incons my, the inconsistency the inconsistency is, of not being right we'll, we'll shut the entire country down over what may or may not be Sell organs, you can't. So you should be able to, but you can. Yeah, you can't I mean, sell it, and it's there. So what? What is? 
it takes you're charging two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a little some anesthesia yeah, and, and you know a probably, couple, probably most of the time a couple people to work on you for you know I understand it's, 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 it's a it's a few hours yeah hours six doctors, doctors but, but four million dollars it's yeah. ridiculous for an eight hour surgery yeah that's, that, that is insane <laughs> but what would happen if we actually had free markets and medical system yeah the fact is that we might actually have a lot more people having access to it. Mm -hmm. and, and another thing about all right, Mitchell, how does he get his name to the top of the list that many times? Because those lists are, you know, pretty extensive and you gotta pass all these background checks like I know um like the people that get kidney transplants all that stuff like uh say if you ruined your kidney because you're a drinker, like you have to be sober for six months before you can actually get on the list because it's on the list because it's a shortage. Yeah, it was a different time and, <laughs> and all that. So in conclusion, um, just briefly, what do you want people to understand as to why you advocate for your particular position? I just want to understand that it's our free right and choice mm -hmm. to wear a mask or not. Yeah. Like, I just want people to understand that it's, it's not me saying that I don't care about you mm -hmm. and what happens to you. I mean, because I wish, you know, no ill will to anyone. I want yeah. everyone to prosper, but I shouldn't have to, for a year, alter my life just to, you know, make you feel good and safe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they feel they need to take precautions, take the precautions. Okay. Don't push and make me believe your beliefs and okay. what you feel. Okay. All right, and Paul? So, I think this is one of those things that we should not be afraid, but be vigilant. Okay. Um, and I think that there's probably more fear driving these things than there are facts. Okay. And so while it, it may sound like a good idea that well, everybody should wear a mask so they don't spread the disease, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it kind of sounds like a good idea, but so I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a, a gentleman engineer. I do some engineering on the side, do some various different projects, research, development stuff. And one of the things I think that a lot of people, when they're doing research and development things, they, they they come to understand that sometimes things that sound good don't work in reality. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Mm -hmm. And so the, the the idea is that so a mask sounds like a good idea. It'll stop you from coughing on everybody. Yeah. And send you out. And it kind of sounds like a good idea, but let's let's flesh it out a little bit, mm -hmm. and we'll we'll look at the fact that okay, this mask has gotten kind of wet because we're breathing through right. a lot. Yeah. Else. And so I take it off, take it off, and I put it back on four, five, six, seven, eight times a day, and I adjust it 14 times while I'm in the grocery store for mm -hmm. two minutes. Um, so whatever was on that mask is now on my hands mm -hmm. and I'm touching stuff. Right. And whereas if I hadn't worn, worn a mask at all, maybe I would have coughed one or two times and I coughed just my shoulder in my sleep. I, I washed my hands. Before I went to the store, or maybe I used hand sanitizer before I went to the store. Mm -hmm. I asked my hands were clean. Never smeared anything over anything in the store store because I was careful not to touch my face or not to cough into my hands and that go throughout Kroger, wherever it is. And so I didn't really spread much germ any germs, if any at all. Well, I don't think you're breathing, you spread some, but um, and so I'm careful as I go to the store, like I normally am, and I'm, I'm a little bit of an OCD person anyway. Um, but wearing the mask.
yes, may actually spread more because of some of these things that aren't thought out very well. Okay. And so I think that's one of those things that I, I think it's possible that, that the mask mandates actually spread the disease worse. Okay. And um, I think it's one of those things that don't judge me if I'm not wearing a mask. Mm. It might be for your own good. Mm. Hey, Paul, Wayne, thank you. Yes, sir. Welcome. Hey. Hey, just some final thoughts. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this discussion. Um, whether you fall on the side of the national mask mandate proposition or individual choice, I think uh, just what you've heard here today, there is the uh, common agreement that everybody values life. And both sides are looking for what's best for themselves and the best for our nation. And so when we have discussions, uh, when we get out of the name calling and all the ad hominem attacks and we can hear each other, uh, we have the opportunity to move forward together. And so uh, remember, uh, we are men and women who have been blessed in this nation to live in a nation where we do have the opportunity to choose for ourselves and at the same time have a consideration for the person next door to you. All right. So. With that, I thank you for joining us for the Humanity Matters one-on-one. -on -one. You can hear all three discussions for the Humanity Matters podcast. Uh, for more information, visit my website, philipfletcher.org. Like me on YouTube. Find me on Instagram, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Also on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast content. And remember, to be loved to be kind, to be generous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible and go vote Tuesday. The silly season is about to be over or maybe it's about to begin. <laughs> we don't know. So, hey, y'all take care and God bless. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube, Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.